You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hey everybody, it's Jamie Migdal, your host on Pets Mean Business on the Pet Life Radio Network. I'm so glad that you're back. We're recording today. I have my, I think, 31st or 32nd or 33rd, something in the 30s guest. And I'm really excited because this is a special guest to me. So where do I get all these guests? I feel like the question always comes up and people are always asking, can I be on your podcast? And how do you find these folks? And that person was really great. And... I never really think about how we how we are able to acquire these high-level, amazing, impressive guests, I think. So I sat back a little bit and thought about that. Um, in fact, we got a couple of things that happened this week that really made me take stock. And, and, you know, even just the way that this whole show came about and its growing popularity and all the wonderful things, it's just everything's organic. And um, I don't mean like organic cow's milk. I mean like organic growth and organic opportunity. And I think that, in fact, today's guest is actually a great a great example of this. When you feel when you're in the right place at the right time and you surround yourself with the right people, you end up having things happen and and the right things and you start to really be and you start to be you can put those pieces together. And so this show because of my, you know, extensive background in the pet industry without even trying, I can look around and I've built this amazing network of people that I'm connected to whether it's a one-to-one connection or one-off connection. So I feel really grateful that um, and I know that, you know, you guys are loving all these wonderful guests, too. I feel really grateful that we've had the ability to bring great guests on because of the commitment to being present and being in the, you know, being present to the industry and being present to what's going on around me. And that's my suggestion for you guys always to be present to what your opportunities are and look for ways that you can innovate beyond whatever you're doing now. So if you're if your goal is to get into the pet industry or move your career further in the pet industry or just look for ways to monetize your involvement, current involvement, the best way that I would recommend going about that is taking a step back and thinking about innovation and how innovation ties directly to empathy. And what I mean by that is if you think about anything that's being done right now and then someone does it better and you go, oh, my gosh, why didn't I think about that? You probably have. And I think that what ends up happening is if you can look at things around you and figure out a way to include yourself or to get in there, it's all about understanding what the customer or the user is experiencing and creating something better for their experience. So that's where the empathy comes into play as you're looking to innovate in your life around your career, around your relationships, around your products, whatever it is. So anyway, on that note, that's why today's guest is perfect for this whole topic. So um, let's see, should I talk about him now? I think I shall. Yeah, we'll talk about him now. So his name is Larry Kay. And that's K-A-Y. I met Larry at a you know one of these crazy pet events that we all go to and look around and say, who's cool and who can I meet and who can I connect with? I did that uh, with Larry. Larry is a rock star in the pet space. Um, he does some really interesting things around media and um, has a really interesting background. And talk about, he, for me, when I met him, and I noticed it immediately embodies the idea of innovation and opportunistic thinking. And that's part of being innovative, is looking at what am I doing now and how can I, how can I move that forward? 
forward in a way that's interesting and compelling and, in- and innovative. So I'm not going to talk too much about his background. I don't like to do big intros because I feel like it's not my story to tell. And I don't, I you know, you guys know that I'd like to let the guests speak for themselves and let you guys get to know them again organically. So I will tell you that he does have an incredible website or Facebook group, rather, Facebook page. I don't even know what to call it. This is like all this new stuff. I don't know what to call it. There's all this new fancy tech stuff called PositivelyWolf.com. He's got um, an enormous following on his Facebook page of almost 2 million pet lovers. And I'm just excited for him to share that journey and talk about what he's doing now, how he, how he got there, what he's doing now, and what he's doing in terms of innovation to leverage what he's been able to accomplish um, using his background and his love of animals. So when we come back from our break, I'm going to welcome Larry Kay and uh, let him tell you about how killer he is. So on that note, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. designerpetsweaters.com hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat beautiful couture patterns for your pets including custom-knitted formal wear casual wear yachting and even sports themed many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats top hats and a lot of sparkle each sweater includes leg loops front paw sleeves and leash opening visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready large or small we fit them all designerpetsweaters.com hi i'm dana humphrey the founder of whitegate pr we have been specializing in pr and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, did you all have a good break? All right, good. I'm glad because we're back and it's time to get serious and have fun and and expand our mind and think about all of the ways that you can move things forward through empathy and innovation and putting yourself out there. So I'd like to welcome my guest, who I think, again, is a true embodiment of all of those components. Larry Kay, come on down. Hi. Thanks, Jamie. It's great to be with you. Thank you. I'm so really... I'm happy to be had. I mean, I'm happy to be with. You know what I mean. Go ahead. (laughs) I really enjoy the emphasis on innovation and empathy. I tend to be very mission-centric with what I do. First, I'm going to kick my credentials a bit. So uh, I now have 2 million Facebook fans, in fact, 2.1 million Facebook fans, positively woof. And that was not by intention. I mean, it was certainly on my goals list and my vision list. But that it has finally happened is amazing. And it now allows me to really pursue my mission with more vigor and power and to make a difference. And that's about uh, cause marketing on behalf of shelter dogs. 
Oh, I can't wait to have you describe what that is because, you know, our listeners for the most part are, there's a combination of there's entrepreneurs, there's um, people who are seeking to be entrepreneurs, there's, you know, there's folks that are looking for a place in a space to get into the pet industry and there are people kind of across all of the spectrum. So when you talk about cause marketing and you talk about, and you will, and you need to talk about your background, cause marketing is awesome because it really does touch upon what needs to happen to really uh, move the animal welfare. Uh, movement, move the movement forward. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up already and we'll absolutely focus on that. Will you please share your incredible background? Sure. I have always been a media guy my whole career. And in 2002, I was ready to make a transition in my career that I'll get to in a minute, how I came into the pet media space in 2000, starting in 2002. Before that, I've been a writer and producer and interactive game designer and web product manager for some great companies like Disney and the Muppets, MGM, um, PBS, a lot of great companies. I used to teach uh, film and television in NYU's film school. I have a master's degree in film and television from Syracuse, the Newhouse School, and so I've always enjoyed media, and through the course of my career, I've enjoyed being on the cutting edge, the leading edge of that next big thing. And so I've seen the advent, I'm old enough to have seen the advent of cable television, this multi-channel cable TV universe that we're now in. I was there at the beginning of CNN and MTV. I've seen now the rise of the Internet and was fortunate enough to be a senior product manager with the Walt Disney Internet Group right at the turn of the century, which was an extraordinary vantage point to really see that first dot-com boom and then bust. And now, as I go forward, I'm coming full circle to a place that was really early in my career. And that was about, not about pets per se, but it was about communities. And that's actually interesting. With that, and that moment yeah. right there. Well, and also I think that everything you're talking about so far and then getting to the moment where you recognize the pattern, you had pattern recognition. And, <laughs> right? And that's, I mean, that's, but that is in part how innovation becomes relevant is when you can recognize a pattern and, and like you said, get in front of that and create something so you're still trending with those patterns. Because when you're innovating, you don't want to actually have to train for new behaviors in people or in consumers, but you want to be able to take some of their established behaviors and, and offer them something new around that. So, I mean, what an incredible opportunity for you to have been in all of those wonderful places and all of those incredibly, you know, elaborate around all those like amazing thinkers and around those big organizations and probably having, you know, no budgetary constraints, I would imagine, or very few and be able to move things forward. So uh, please continue. So you, so go ahead, continue on. I'm, I just had to make yeah. my, uh, make myself, I had to just well, say I, this. I appreciate that context. And yet, the pattern that you speak about, I only recognize it in hindsight, which is really funny. I, what happened was when I was making the next big transformation in my career, I thought, well, I have a known name in children's media. Let me do some research for myself, some strategic research for myself about how I can begin to leverage and create my own platform, my own brand, if you will. And I quickly realized in my research that, oh, gee, the pet industry is growing, you know, well. And so I saw it initially 
as a good business opportunity. Okay, I love that. What I what I didn't predict was that I would also be so passionate about it. And I believe that that is what has helped me endure. Because even with, you know, all the great data in the world, it's absolutely no guarantee of success. That's right. As big a driver as market is going to be perseverance, passion, ongoing professional development. What happened at the time where you, so I think that a lot of people get to this place where they're working in a corporate environment and they've had, you know, they've experienced enormous amounts of success and they feel, you know, very kind of protected that their career is stable and that they've got, you know, you know, from a financial perspective, they're feeling um, like they're enveloped in something good. What happened for you personally that created this drive to become um, an entrepreneur? What happened? Because you were obviously yeah. in great places. Yeah, it was the personal thing that happened in my life is um, my marriage of 20 years dissolved. We just were growing in very different directions and made the mutual decision to part amicably. And so that was in December of 2001. And in two, and for the beginning of 2002, I was really at sea. I had lost passion for everything that I was doing. Children's media, online media, interactive media, all things. And it scared the hell out of me. Yeah, that must have been very discombobulating. That must have been really frightening to recognize that because, you know, a lot of people feel that way, but a lot of people don't act on it. And I think that's where kind of personal unhappiness really starts to manifest. So the fact that you saw that coming off of a a tragedy, I mean, a personal trauma that's divorced, regardless of how amicable something is, that's just a very traumatic transition to go through. So it's interesting that you, you know, had some, obviously some self-awareness, again, some pattern recognition. So there's a pattern around you as well. And so, okay, so so we're at the place now that you found that you were unhappy and you were you were dissatisfied is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, well, a guy who used to work for me, I, I you know, I, I confided in him, this, you know, and it was really scaring me that I just didn't want to do anything. And he recommended a book to me. It's called Now Discover Your Strengths by hmm. Marcus Buckingham. Okay. And in it, you take this strengths finder test. Yes, the Gallup, the Gallup Strength Finder. Exactly. I just took it this week. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, I, I, I recommend that book. Uh, unfortunately, the way it works is you have to buy your own copy. Don't buy a used copy. You have to buy a new one in order to get your unique ID code that you bring online to take the Strengths Finder test. Okay, I had me, no idea. Epiphany. Yeah, I had no idea that you can do that through the book. I thought it was just only digitally. It was just a, a survey. We took it. I took it as a 45-minute survey. Okay, so it's through the book. You buy the book and then that book. Okay, everyone, that's a huge deal. Over the years, this was in 2002, which may seem like the Stone Age. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's probably just um, online now is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, so I took this test and, it, and I got the results of the test. That happens immediately uh, as soon as you finish the test. And I just jumped up out of the chair and I said, that's me. What was it? Gallup what were your top organization five? gets me. Wait, what and was your, what, first, do you remember your top five? Oh gosh, yeah. Tell me, yeah. tell me. Well, they what? have these cool words, as you probably know, there are 34 strengths and the thesis yes. of the book is you have only five and you have them in a particular order. Yes, I do. So I'm in, telling you, this is amazing. I, please keep going. I won't interrupt you. Yeah. This is amazing. So in rank order, my number one strength is ideation and that's right? the world of ideas. My number two strength is strategic, and that's strategy, 
synthesizing the seemingly complex into a inorganic whole. And already right there, stopping at number one and number two, that's what began to make me jump out of my chair. Because when I was a writer, ideation, I felt like a fraud because mm. I had this strategic side to me. Mm. And when I was a strategist or a producer, I felt like a fraud because I also had this ideation side of me, you see. And yeah. so... Well, Those I, are kind of at odds with each other, I guess. I mean, to some degree, yeah. you can make the argument. Right. So I was, you know, having, you know, this fraud shame thing going on. Sure. <laughs> it was really I know that. Helpful. I know that fraud shame thing. I know that thing. Sure. Yeah, so it validated me. And so I'll now share with you the, the other three strengths. My third strength is relator. It's about building relationships. Four is maximizer. And that's bringing people and projects to the pinnacle of excellence. And number five is woo, like woo. I know. I just yeah. learned about woo. I just <laughs> Please, will you share what woo is? Woo is awesome. Yeah. It's about making connections for the first time. It's at a live event. It's working a room, making presentations, public speaking, persuading, being charming, all those things. All the things are, that you are, are actually. Are all all the things you. you are, Larry. Those are all of you, by the way. Though you are woo. You embody woo. You're a woo guy. I'm a woo guy. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> and I feel like we'll make sure, too, in the show notes that we'll give links to the Gallup Strength Finders. And, I, and it's just, I couldn't agree with you more that taking that test is in, it gives you incredible insight into who you are because you just they nail it i did it in a group of 12 women this week as a part of a program that i'm in and we all we took the thing we shared on tuesday everyone went around the room and talked about what their top five were and you know we all had moments of just even though we had already found our results out and we had already spent the weekend or the couple of days before that looking at them and reading all the things but when you say it out loud and you really related to other people, it becomes so much more real. And I saw these folks in the room, all entrepreneurs, by the way, in this room, talking about their top five, just like you talked about yours and what you saw happen. And it's so beautiful is that they started recognizing where where they hadn't given in to those strengths was where they were having the most problem. Isn't that something? It's so cool. I just think it's like yeah. the most amazing thing that like we are living these roles that we're supposed to live and we fight our own best strengths. And in fact, here's something that someone said this week, right? Tell me if you totally get this because I, I loved this. So a basketball player, okay? Someone wants to be a great all-star team, you know, playoff winning basketball player. And they are really really good at jumping. They can jump super high. They've got great stats around alley-oops and around, uh, what do you call this, retrieval? What do you call that? When you grab the ball off? Rebound, thank you. Retrieval. See, I'm a dog person. Um, (laughs) So so they're just super strong. And they look around at their teammates and and there's another person on their team that they really kind of envy or they really idolize. And this person is very fast. They're always, they're fast, they're agile, they're kind of the superstar in many ways around that. And, And the guy says to his coach, hey coach, can we work on my speed? I know I'm a great jumper. I appreciate that I've been able to achieve at that, but I really want to work on my speed. And the coach says to him, sure, we can do that and you'll get pretty good. 
and you'll get faster incrementally, maybe 10 or 20% faster. But if you take that same uh, motivation and ambition that you are willing to put into becoming a faster runner and you put it into your strength of being a jumper, you will be the best jumper in the world. And I, you know, I've never heard that analogy. I've never heard that story. I've never, and, and as this woman was telling this and, and relating the story to all of us, I really kind of had like a mini panic attack because I felt like that might be the best way I've ever heard anyone put the idea of stop fighting your strengths and lean into them and own them and don't worry about what other people are doing. Identify what those strengths are and just run and be the best at those. So you did that. I mean, you literally did that. Amen. Great story. And, right? and again, back to now discover your strengths. Buckingham and the Gallup organization talk about the difference between backfilling weaknesses and amplifying strengths. That's what this is. That's yeah. exactly and what we're so talking about. When I do that, when I amplify my strengths instead of backfilling my weaknesses, although I'm always trying to become better, gooder, sure. morer, then I try to acquire those strengths by teaming up with, you know, that fast runner or that great jumper. Right. Right. So I really, really believe in that. Right. Listen, on that awesome note, we're going to take a quick break and uh, listen to some sponsors talk about some really good stuff, I'm sure. And uh, and then when we get back, we'll pick up on this and, and talk more. And, and let's, you know, obviously, we're Pets Mean Business is a show that's about pets. So let's click back and, you know, what we, I think we'll focus on is how you went ahead and, and you did take those strengths and you did uh, morph them into, you know, your current situation. And then, of course, I want to really make sure we talk about the future and how you're going to continue to innovate. So stick around for a second with me, Lair. I know you're not going anywhere. And everybody else, you stick around too. Uh, this is Jimmy McDonald, your host on Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio Network. We will be back in a moment. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. This stuff is amazing. The first day that I gave Sweet Pea and Daisy the Dynavite for cats, in fact, I did add a little bit of the liquor chops, and they absolutely loved it. All the vitamins, the minerals, you know, they also enjoyed the num-nums, <laughs> the nub-nubs or whatever they're called, the treats that also came along with it. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. They're just running through the house. They're playing. My Sweet Pea will walk in front of me. She'll stop where she's at, drop and roll onto her back and then expect me to rub her belly. Just like a kitten, Daisy and Susie have a cat tree in my living room and lately she's been climbing up to the top, jumping up there and then she'll climb back down and then she's right back up again. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I wish they would make a product for us humans to give us the same amount of energy and bunk that Dynavite for cats are given for my, my cats. The phone number is 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Want to know who the latest trendsetters are in Hollywood? How about Irish setters? Find out who's been spotted with Spot, chowing with their chow, and shopping for Gucci with their Poochie. Get the scoop on all the latest celebrity pet patter right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> 
Hey guys, we're back. Um, Larry and I were just talking on the break about how, and his words were, unexpected turn. You know, when you prepare for podcasts and you're preparing for, you know, putting on the radio show and you're looking at, you do your research and you and Larry got, you know, all of our guests get a, we give them like a fact sheet. Here's what we're going to potentially talk about and here are all the things you should know and be prepared for. And I was saying, I never, I'm just so bad. And if you're a regular listener, you know that there's really, there's zero pattern, speaking of pattern recognition, but there are some guests and Larry is obviously a prime example where like when there's the magic there and there's a connection you the conversation does just flow into all of these really beautiful things and i hope that you as you're listening right now i hope you're picking up on that that this is an incredibly organic conversation and and i think that what's really lovely is that you know we're sharing ideas um, around how to grow and again part of growth, bringing it all back to our kind of, I think the core messaging here is about innovation. All right. So um, when, before we went to break, Larry, you were talking about that you surround yourself with a team that, you know, can help you with some of the deficits or gaps or things that are not your biggest strength. Now let's move into how you did that and got to 2.1 million Facebook fans. Cause that, I mean, something happened there, right? Because I mean, that's a pretty enormous accomplishment. So talk about that, please. Thanks. Thanks. I want to still roll back uh, a little bit sure. and say that before my Facebook success, the first big project that I did in the pet space uh, was called Animal Wow. And it was a dog safety and dog care DVD for young children, like preschoolers. And it won a ton of awards. I got written up on the front page of the LA Times business section. It was uh, picked up by PetSmart and was endorsed by the American Humane Association. It did all these great things. And, you know, it sold a few copies. And Is that sarcastic? Wait, was that sarcastic? No, it's true. No, it's absolutely (laughs) true. It sold only a few copies. I lost a lot of money. The investors who I was able to attract by really high quality entrepreneurs, they lost money. You know, I had shame around it. I thought, well, just keep persevering and it will come. And you know what, Jamie? It didn't. It just, it failed financially. I mean, it was a success creatively, but financially it was, it was a failure. And I stuck, you know, I stuck to my guns about two years too long. So I finally uh, declared, okay, I'm done. It's over. You know, financially, it's a failure. It is what it is. I'm going to go do something else now. I don't know if it's in the pet space or what. And then as I had one foot out the door, magic happened. And to cut that, what could be a long story short, I ended up writing a book on dog training with President Obama's dog trainer, the late Don Sylvia Stasiewicz. And it has become year over year, sold more and more and more and has become now a bestseller on Amazon and in meetings with my publisher, Workman Publishing, and we're in discussions about doing another book right now. They believe that the success of that book is due to my social media following. So those five-star reviews on Amazon, if you are one of those people out there, thank you so much for one of those great five-star reviews. They really matter. Terrific. It's terrific. Yeah. And so initially, Positively Woof was started to support that book and then a subsequent book called Life's a Bark. 
and I reinvested all of my advance money from my publisher on Life's a Bark, Sourcebooks, in Facebook advertising. And for a year and a half, I advertised every day on Facebook to attempt to attract new fans to my page, and it worked. Oh, lo and behold, finally, some spaghetti that I was throwing at the wall stuck. Isn't that and, magical? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There wasn't yeah. Listen, you had a recipe. You had a, some target. I mean, I get you're giving yourself a little bit less credit than you deserve. Again, this is the pattern recognition. This is the innovative thinking. This wasn't just like, well, well I guess I'll just try this. I mean, you... Right. I mean, you have a, a great mind for this and you're again playing to your strengths. Thanks. Sometimes I'm I'm incredulous when things work according to plan or according to vision. I mean <laughs> right? I did, did, would I say I had nowhere in my scope that I could possibly in any universe have two million Facebook fans? I mean I probably thought about it at some point. I probably envisioned it. I certainly envisioned becoming some kind of pet media voice, but I don't know if I specifically envisioned two million Facebook fans, but it, you know, it, that did happen. I just got the chills, by the way. It happened, really, I mean, very uh, organically. I just got the chills that you just, like, I hear it in your voice. I talk to a lot of people, not just because of the show. I mean, talk to a lot of people because, you know, that's what happens in life. Well, that's what happens in life. But I feel like when there's moments of true authenticity, I can't, like, this is amazing. I feel like that, like, when someone is in that moment, I just, I love that moment because it's so, it's so human and so... It's just the beauty of life and life can be, you know, very challenging and have lots of ups and downs, but to have like a moment in anyone's life where they can go and they can look around and go, really? You just did that and it gave me the chills and I just uh, think it's amazing. So please continue, Larry. Thanks. Yeah, You're welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm really gratified by it. You know, being, you know, in the beginning, a uh, film TV guy, that's where I would been always pointing and right now, in the other room, one of my three team members, Jimmy English, who is is working on web films that we now post three times a week, and soon we hope to ramp up to seven new films, web films, every week uh, on our Facebook page and the growing website and the YouTube and, you know, all the rest of that. And I've been really focused on keeping that film, TV, web films vision. Uh, so you're staying, tr- you're staying true to your, your initial passion as well is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes I'll even say everything that we've done up till now is prologue to mm-hmm. what we're about to do. And I try to say that without arrogance. You know, the reality is if, if it's truth, it's not arrogance. Amen. Right. Yeah. It's true. I mean, so, just think about that. Just think about that for a second. When people are being braggadocious and what have you, it's arrogance. When people are just sharing their life experience and their goals and their and their dreams and their passions and their and their story, it's hardly. It's not even close to arrogance. It's just it's a it's it's relating. And you are again. That was one of your top five. <laughs> that was one of your top five. So so all right. Please continue with. I really want to share. I want you to share how these films and you using leveraging your media background and your film background. How that intersects with with the pet space that you've created for yourself. Right. So from time to time, I will draw up a strategic plan, and it looks like a chart. You know, looks like a 
a picture. And so typically in the past, it's been what's in the center, what's been the hub, and what have been the spokes off of the hub. And in the past, what was in the center of the hub was TV film. And the spokes were things like Facebook and book publishing and cause marketing and, you know, all the rest of those goals. And because of the success that I've had with Facebook, now the strategic plan still looks like a hub with spokes. But because of the Facebook success, I've completely flipped around that chart. And now the hub is Facebook. And from that is videos and TV film and book publishing and all the rest of that. And the orientation is all toward cause marketing on behalf of uh, shelter dogs. So what does that look like? What would someone experience when they were looking at one of your new, for lack of a better term, projects or products? Yeah. So the book publishing, you know, the books that I've already described, the web films, I in the past year... I've raised more than $25,000 for shelters and one shelter in particular, Pet Orphans, in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles. And I would say those are the main things. You know, I do have other projects that are part of that. And most significantly among them is a new cat project called Crimeless Cat. And the chief cat wrangler is Robbie Hess who is pretty well known as a whipping star. She was nominated for Pet Woman of the Year by Whippin and is very active in social media and teaches me a lot every week. And then we also do are really gearing up to do more and more stories about other shelters and other causes around the country and doing this incrementally with my other, my third team member, Jarissa Akinde, whom I met at uh, Pet Orphans as vol- both of us volunteering there. And she's now the story editor and social media coordinator. Her story editing focuses on this now shelter stories initiative that you'll see on mostly on our website, PositivelyWoof.com. So I have to ask you the big question, because I know people are thinking about it, and this is part of what we do. Pets mean business. Business means money. What are your revenue yeah. streams? How do you make money and all these wonderful yeah. things? Yeah, the most significant way in which I make revenue is through the Facebook page. And it's not advertising that's on my Facebook page, but it's a publishing model, meaning I have relationships with some select online publishers. And when a guest comes and clicks on the thumbnail for one of those posts, that I allow my publishers to post or we post it for them. Right, access to your audience, right? Yeah, exactly. Then it goes to their website, to their domain, their destination, and their content is surrounded by advertising, and we do a revenue share based on that. Okay, so you're doing, uh, so it's a, would it fall under the kind of the umbrella of affiliate marketing? Affiliate advertising? I guess you could call it it that. You know, I refer to it more as a publishing model. Yep. I'm um, a syndicator, you know, in in traditional media sense. I provide, you know, through my platform, you know, highly engaged users, audience, enthusiasts. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to eschew the word users. It sounds kind of clinical. No, it does. What I learned, especially in my days at Disney, is we always referred to people who were with us as guests, whether they came to the theme park or our online experience, they're guests. 
You know what? You just changed something. You just, uh, thank you, by the way. You're welcome. I just want to say thank you right now because you just made a huge impact on me. I have FetchFind, which is a you know a digital platform, and uh, we do online learning amongst other things. And you know, in the space of being in the digital world, we're constantly looking at our metrics, 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 metrics. Especially because I have investors, and we have you know it's a sizable operation, etc. And we're always using the word users. That's how everything is measured, right? Especially in the tech world, everything is measured against the word users. And every time. I have to use the word users or, you know, look at it on our metric reporting or discuss it in a meeting or any kind of strategy session. I always feel a little dirty. <laughs> I don't know how else yeah. to put that. I always feel a little dirty. I'm like, they're not users. They're the people who I care about. But well, okay, I'm they're gonna, they're an I'm audience. Invite, they're yeah, clients. I invite you to change people's minds by using the word guests or audience or fans. And if you, you know, if you want to, then start by in parentheses put users. <laughs> yeah, I'm certain. No, I really just wrote myself a note. I just, I don't even take notes many times during podcasts because I feel like I'm just really wanting to be engaged. If I start writing, then it goes into other thoughts, and I don't want to do that. But I did just grab a post-it note and write down users with a big arrow with a big line through it. So thanks. I think that you may have sure. just given a gift to a lot of people just now. That's that's really awesome. Okay. Sorry. So you were so so basically what we're getting to or distilling down to is that you have found a way to leverage your audience for purposes of revenue driving. Yeah, yeah. The the piece that I'm looking at that's currently a blocking issue is uh, because is how to increase revenue on our videos, which I'm now funding through the revenue that comes in, but we haven't figured out a way to directly monetize that yet, or we haven't, we haven't closed the deal on that yet. And the vision that I'm holding is that we'll have an omnibus sponsor who will sponsor all of the films that we do in a month, sure. which are at least 12 every month. But with some funding, I think we're going to get close to 30, you know, one per day. Yeah, that's and, really interesting. Uh, yeah, so we're looking at different sponsorship integration possibilities to do that. The Facebook platform doesn't currently allow a pre-roll, as does the YouTube platform. I don't have the audience on YouTube, and so I'm trying to create innovative ways of integrating sponsorship and giving a lot of sponsorship value on my Facebook page because the video views that we have on Facebook are through the roof. I mean, it's we're just um, well over 10 million video views right now. Yeah, so that's a metric that you can obviously leverage and you can talk about and you can sell to is, is that wonderful metric. <laughs> that's right. I hope so. And that said, you know, I'm not the sales guy. You know, you're pretty woo. woo. <laughs> well, thank you. I may be woo, but it's like I where my highest and best uses is in what you might call product development, you know, yep. in, in yep. creating these videos, these stories, the strategy, and then partnering with those people who are expert and have those, you know, relationships, you know, to close those deals for sponsors and all the rest. I get that. In fact, offline, because we do have to unfortunately start closing up here, which is a huge bummer because I'm really enjoying this conversation from a whole number of 
from a whole bunch of levels and a whole bunch of angles. And I'm sure that um, listeners are also because this is super engaging and interesting. We can talk offline because we're, I think maybe I can share some, some experiences. I'd love to hear some of your experiences. I think we share a bit of a space around some of the things that you're doing. So let's make sure we do that. See, guys, there's also things that come from podcasting that you don't even know could happen. All these, uh, don't you all want to listen to our offline conversation? <laughs> um, all right. So on that note, Lair, as much as I hate to bring this to an end, is there anything else? I, I never say this, but I'm going to say this to you. Is there anything else that you want to make sure you share, that you communicate, that you that you talk about? We'll have in the show notes all of the places to find you. PositivelyWolf.com and PositivelyWolf on Facebook is obviously the, which is the primary source to find you, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's all good. I would um, really encourage, you know, all of us in sharing and being in a community and not being in our own silos is to, you know, I, I believe that a rising tide will lift all boats. And the extent to which that we can help one another and support one another, there is room for us. And that's a, to believe that in my bones gives me a spirit of abundance rather than a spirit of, of scarcity. It really allows me to go forward um, powerfully and positively and to support your best visions of yourself if I'm confident in my bones that by growing you, I'm also going to benefit because, again, the rising tide will lift all boats. I have nothing to add. So on that note, everybody, that was so gorgeous. We will go ahead and say goodbye. And I will thank you very much for listening to Pets Mean Business on the Pet Life Radio Network. I'm Jamie Migdal. I'm your host. I want to thank my really, I would say that you're like a super enlightened guy on many levels. I know you probably don't feel that way, but you have a lot of great enlightenment. And you really shared that. And that really came across to me and and to everybody else. So thank you, Larry. Thank you. It's really been fun. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Okay, guys. So next time, we'll see you soon. In the meantime, if you need me, if you need anything, if you have any questions, you know where to find me, Jamie at PetLifeRadio.com or Jamie at FetchFind.com. And Mark Winter, uh, you're the best producer in the whole world. And I adore you. And thank you so much for listening. You're all awesome. Go do stuff. Bye. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.